Good morning and happy Easter to you all. It's great to be back. It's even greater to be back on this day of resurrection celebration. There is only one possible psalm that I could use this morning. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Living God, we did not rise before the sun and slip quietly from our homes to be here. We do not fear arrest or persecution because we are followers of your son. We think we know the end of the story because we have heard it many times before. Yet still we come. Living God, whose son rose before the morning and slipped silently into the homes of others, who followed, caught up with and accompanied bewildered disciples, we long to be surprised by the old, old stories that we've heard so many times before. And so we come. Living God, who has destroyed the power of evil and defeated the darkness of death, who has overcome all that we name as as sinful, we admit we are still in need of your healing forgiveness. And so we come. Living God, who has promised a new creation free from suffering, death and tears, who has inaugurated the now and not yet kingdom of Shalom. We need to be surprised afresh, to be challenged and changed. To you we come. Living God, in this place, at this time, in our lives, pass through the walls of our hearts and minds, Speak our names in the stillness of the morning. Then send us out. In Christ's name. Amen. Our Bible reading is taken from John chapter 20, reading from verse 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, 
and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. It was just another day. The baker was up long before the dawn, kneading the dough for the first batch of bread. In the treetops, the birds woke, shook their feathers and began to sing a song to herald the dawn. On the hillside, the shepherd threw another branch onto the fire and muttered something to his colleagues about the chill in the air. In the village, a man lay awake fearing things he couldn't change. A dog barked. A mother nursed her infant child. An elderly woman rubbed her stiff limbs as she steeled herself to the exertions of another day. Children whispered and giggled before their mother's stern voice hushed them. Go back to sleep. A goat bleated. And the first glimmers of light began to tickle the horizon. It was just another day. Babies would be born, and those who were too sick, too frail, or too old to live would die. It was just another day in which laughter would ring around homes, and angry voices would be exchanged between neighbours. It was just another day when the poor would go hungry and the rich enjoy abundance. Just another day in which traitors would be executed and corrupt businessmen extort money from the poorest of the poor. It was just another day. Or was it?
In one of the houses, a woman drew her shawl around her, quietly gathered up her burden, and slipped out into the still early morning. She barely heard the song of the thrush as she hastily threaded her way past the houses and on towards the garden. A few streets away, two men held a rapidly whispered conversation before they, too, stepped out of the door. Their sandals resounded against the hard road as they walked the few streets needed to reach the edge of the city and their destination. Entering the garden, she paused. Unable to move another step, what she saw so shocked and surprised her. Without even being aware of it, she turned tail and fled back towards the city where she collided with the men. Men she knew. Men who understood, would understand. She blurted out what she'd seen. They looked at one another and then they ran past her to the garden where they stopped because it was clear that what she said was true. Nothing was the same. Everything was different. Or was it? Nothing had changed. Everything had changed. It was the same, but different. The Easter story is for us one of the most familiar parts of Scripture. From childhood, we've heard the stories of Gethsemane and Calvary, and the ending is so familiar, it no longer shocks or surprises us. Easter is just one more marker in the year. One more excuse to sing those hymns we love so much, or to moan because the preacher didn't pick the ones we love so much. One more reason to have a public holiday, One more familiar routine filled with traditions that we love. But if we're honest, there's always the danger that it becomes the same old, same old. That first Easter Sunday morning, it wasn't even called that then. Nothing had changed and everything had changed. It was the same but different. Mary began the day grieving. She set out from home to visit the tomb of a man who'd given her hope. A man she'd seen executed as a criminal. A man she had helped to bury. Her already chaotic and troubled world was shaken yet again when she found the stone rolled back. So make no mistake, this was real for Mary. This man who had given her confidence in herself had been taken from her. Small wonder then that she returned to the tomb weeping uncontrollably. uncontrollably. How ridiculous it must have seemed to her as she was asked not once but twice. Why are you crying? Why? Don't these people get it? He's dead. This man I loved is dead, and now his tomb is open and he's gone. 
everything had changed for Mary. And then Jesus spoke her name. And for a moment, time must have stood still. In that moment, everything changed. Her sorrow changed to joy as in delight she reached out to him. Only to be told, don't cling on to me. You have to let me go. It was Jesus. The same Jesus she knew and loved. And yet somehow he was different. Jesus now had a scarred and broken body. Holes in his hands, his feet, his side, his head scratched from the wounds of the crown of thorns. And yet somehow he was more alive than she'd ever known him. This was the Jesus who'd laughed with her, who'd cried, who'd shouted, who'd whispered, who'd taught and healed. And yet somehow he was just beyond her reach. Mary was still Mary. And yet she was different. Filled with boldness, she sought out the disciples, probably not an easy task, who knows where they were hiding, and she told them what Jesus had said to her. Peter was still Peter, the impetuous. Thomas was still Thomas, the questioner. James and John were still James and John, the sons of thunder. And all the others. They were still the same. And yet, they were different. Because something changed that morning. It's just another day. In a tenement block near here, a young couple are nursing their baby and wondering what life will hold for her. In the flat above them, an elderly man rubs his arthritic hands and shakes his head as he listens to the news on the radio. Across the landing, a family is embroiled in a squabble about how much chocolate one can eat before lunch. Not so far away, perhaps in a street, a young man injects himself with the drugs that will, for a while, take away the ache of his loneliness. And an overseas student, diligently studying, her heart aching for the warmth of home. But she must be in Britain, where it feels cold, even when the sun is shining. Has anything changed? Did Easter make any difference? Does Easter make any difference? At the heart of our Christian faith is the belief that at Calvary, God defeated evil and death once and for all. And yet when we look at the broken world of which we are part, we could be forgiven for under asking, well, how can that be? We can tie ourselves into all kinds of theological and philosophical knots trying to explain it or to understand it. And yet we persist in believing it. We persist in hoping. We persist in trusting.
because Easter makes things the same but different. Now I'm back. You get your weekly dose of questions. So the question is, what difference does our believing make to our behaving? What difference does Easter make to us? Do we just carry on the same as before? We come to church, we enjoy the fellowship, we lament the state of the nation and the world? Or are we somehow changed living out this vision of a renewed creation? A creation in which death and sin are overcome. A creation in which one day there will be no more tears. On Easter Sunday, everything was the same. Jesus was still Jesus. Mary was still Mary. Peter was still Peter. God was still God. But everything changed because the kingdom of God had broken into our history in a new way. And although we live in a now and not yet, just now and then we catch a glimpse of what one day might be, one day will be. What difference does it make to us? What difference does our faith make to our everyday living? It seems to me that one of the mysteries of Easter is that we become the same but different. More and more the people that God made us to be. The people God wants us to be. The people who throw the grace of God we will be. Easter. Everything is the same, but different. Have to have a bit of creativity for the adults as well as for the young people. Hopefully you will have a cardboard butterfly. Um, the people upstairs I don't think have, so I'm just going to go for a little fly up to the upstairs. Has anybody else not got a cardboard butterfly? I will fly some over to you. Able, any more for any more? Right, a couple here. You pass them back. This is great. I bought 100 butterflies, and I think I'm going to use 100 butterflies. Fantastic. Okay. We just need to send some pencils upstairs as well. <laughs> Keep. Sometimes it's good to draw or to write our prayers. And that's what we're going to do today. Each of us have got a paper butterfly that is blank. And it's waiting to be brought to life as we give it features. This butterfly is going to be part of our prayers. When we look out at our world, if we are honest, truly honest, we sometimes wonder if anything really has changed for the better. 
We read in our newspapers and hear on our radios or see on our television stories that disturb us, distress us. Unless, of course, we've got so weary that we can no longer see or hear or feel. So somewhere on your butterfly, I want to invite you to write or draw or symbolize something you've read or heard about that needs new life, new hope, in order that it might be made the same but different. Something in our world that needs our prayers. We look around our communities, the places we live and work, learn and relax. And if we're honest, there are sights and sounds that trouble us. Unless we've grown so tired of seeing and hearing that we close our eyes and our ears. So somewhere on your butterfly, I invite you to write or draw or symbolize the community of which you are a part, or a community of which you are a part, in which new hope, new life are needed to make it the same but different. We look into our relationships, at the people we love and who love us, and know that even here everything is not what it might be, what we would wish it to be, hope it to be, unless, of course, we've got so used to the status quo that we have stopped wishing and hoping and dreaming. Somewhere on your butterfly, I invite you to write, draw, or symbolize a relationship of which you are part and which needs new life and new hope to be made the same but different. We look into our very selves into our own minds, our own hearts, aware of dark corners, regrets, memories that we are ashamed of, dreams that are broken, ambitions that are shattered. And we dare to dream afresh of how our future might be more fulfilled unless we have become so disillusioned and demoralized that we can no longer choose life. Somewhere on your butterfly, I invite you to write, draw, or symbolize that part of yourself, your attitudes, your activities, your physicality, that needs new life and new hope to be made the same but different.
And when you have done that, I invite you to hold your butterfly gently in one hand. Don't crush it. Butterflies are fragile and fleeting creatures. Take a moment to recognize the uniqueness and beauty of what you have created. There is no other butterfly quite like yours. There is no combination of prayers the same as you have prayed, are praying. You may like to lift your hand slightly as if giving flight to your butterfly. And imagine your prayers fluttering in the breeze of God's spirit, feeling the sunny warmth of God's love on its wings. And in the silence of your heart, offer your prayers to God, asking how you may be part of the difference that is needed to bring new life and new hope. Resurrection God, who breathes new life into the dried-up chrysalis of our weary and jaded hearts and minds, stir us afresh, make us the same but different, refreshed and renewed to bring hope and healing to a world that lives in the now and not yet of Christ's kingdom. We offer our prayers in the name of our risen Lord. And we join together in the prayer Jesus taught his followers, saying in our own first language, or another language which is of your nation if you prefer, as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 